Hello, you are listening to episode four of the Stay at Home Dad Gamblers podcast. I am your host, Steve Castellano. I am a man of the people and the people have spoken. By a vote of four to three, they want to hear the sad gambler talk some postseason baseball. So here it is. I'm bringing you my full predictions for the division series. We are one way, one day through already. Eight games on the schedule today, some of which may already be done by the time you listen. Do or die for four American League teams. Will they be eliminated today or will they force a decisive game three? If baseball is not your thing, don't worry. I'll be bringing you my early NFL week four picks later in the episode. So episode four, let's go. It's Wednesday. We are halfway through the third week of remote learning and staying at home. And I got to tell you, I'm doing things I never thought I'd be doing. Yesterday, I used a steam mop for the first time in my life. Kitchen, family room, boom, sparkly clean. And look, I'm not complaining. The experience of staying at home has been special. My daughter, almost five years old, is really daddy's girl now. I mean, she mostly was already. But now that we are basically inseparable, she wants to be everywhere that I am. Typically, both our kids have no issues getting to bed and staying in their rooms when it's time to say goodnight. Well, the past couple nights, she's been doing this thing where once I say goodnight, leave her room, a minute later, she's yelling for me. The other night, she comes downstairs, I'm watching football, and she goes, Oh, you're watching football? Ooh, I want to watch football. It's the cutest thing because she's never watched a minute of football in her life. It only happens to be on in the background sometimes. So she drags out bedtime, she helps me do chores around the house, we do puzzles together, and she always wants to come with me to my son's soccer practices. I mean, my wife has to practically bribe her into staying home with her when my son and I are leaving for soccer. And that's the other thing. It's been great being able to attend all of my son's practices. He's eight years old now and been playing soccer since he was three. He's on his first competitive club team, And he's also playing baseball where he just advanced past instructional to play with a team of kids ages 8 to 12 where the coaches aren't pitching in the games anymore. So now it's all kids. It's a big deal. They practice on Saturdays, but the games won't be until next year. So that's my one thing. Other than going to my parents' house or visiting some other close extended family on the weekends, I do get out to the practices. By the way, you might be hearing him in the background. He's on his lunch break from school right now, so that, that's what those noises are in the background. So my daughter is in pre-K, and she has no school at all on Wednesdays. So today she's with my mother all day while I keep my son in check as he gets through his school day on his Chromebook at his desk here in my basement. So he's at his desk. I'm at my computer prepping away this episode for you. We started on, on it last night, and we're powering through it here today. So if you heard the last podcast, I gave you two sleeper picks and my pick to win the World Series. I'm already having second thoughts about picking the Twins to win it all, but Jose Barrios might be the guy on the mound to get the Twins their first postseason win in the last 18 games. I mean, how ridiculous is that? When people look at that kind of thing in any sport, but especially in baseball, you really can't compare even one year to the next. Just look at the Red Sox this past decade. They won the World Series twice, but had some awful teams too. So don't compare the Twins to any past years. It's just dumb luck that they wear the same uniforms as other postseason losers. I didn't even know that was a thing until yesterday after I had made my pick of the Twins. My sleeper picks are split. I no longer like the Jays to advance. I mean, it will really be an upset now. I'm not playing fantasy for baseball, but I'll predict 
Glass now gets 10 Ks today for Tampa. My other sleeper pick was the Chicago White Sox. And if the Twins aren't advancing, advancing, it would not shock me if Chicago is the surprise out of the AL. They need to win one of the next two in Oakland, and I think they win it in Game 2 today with Dallas Keuchel on the mound. I picked Cleveland to advance, I guess just because the Red Sox fan of me could never root for the Yankees. The Yankees crushed them in Game 1, but I think Cleveland will force a third game with Carrasco matching up with Tanaka in Game 2. What the heck, let's stick with Cleveland and say they win Game 3 as well. The National League gets underway today, and I like LA, San Diego, Atlanta, and Miami to come out of the first round. Cincinnati is a trendy upset pick because of their pitching, but my upset out of the National League wildcard series is for Miami to shock the Chicago Cubs. I went back and looked at it. The Marlins were 40-1 to to make the postseason before the season started. That's just incredible. 40-1 to with 8 out of 15 teams making it. They were tied with three other teams in the majors for the longest odds to get to the postseason. 54 of the Marlins' 58 games were started by a pitcher aged 25 or younger. Oh, and there's this. The Marlins franchise has never lost a postseason series. See how silly that sounds? My pick to come out of the National League is San Diego. Los Angeles is the heavy favorite, but San Diego has some solid young pitching and the kind of team I'll be rooting for out of the National League. I'll have more to say on baseball as the postseason moves along, but that's it for now. Now I'd like to give you my picks for week four in the NFL, and even though it was a one-sided game, we had two of the best teams matching up this past Monday night, and now we have two of the worst teams squaring off on Thursday night football. We have 0-3 Denver traveling to New York to take on the 0-3 Jets. There is nothing exciting about this one. In fact, I may tune into Big Brother All-Stars and their live triple eviction episode instead. I've been an on-again, off-again Big Brother fan, and this season has been pretty terrible, but a live triple eviction could provide more entertainment than a horribly coached NFL team taking on a third-string quarterback. Side note, did you know you can place bets on who will win Big Brother? Currently, Cody and Tyler are the favorites, both at plus 250. Anyway, back to Thursday night football, and as I mentioned, Denver will be starting their third quarterback in this, their fourth game. Denver was competitive in their first two games, but that was with Drew Locke on the center. Denver opened as a two and a half point favorite, but it's now down to one and even a pick in some sports books. The Jets have been blown out three times, but against three of the best, most complete teams in Buffalo, San Fran, and Indy. Adam Gase is playing for his job at home in New York, and the short week against an injured team from the West, traveling East, and the New York Jets are my pick to win the game outright. I don't feel great about it, but I think if there's ever a spot they can do it, it's this one. I mentioned the line movement, and from what I understand, the line is going to move if the books get a lot of money on one side, and it doesn't always mean the public majority is is leaning one way, but often it's the sharp better spotting an inefficient line and dumping a whole lot of money on one side. Now, since I can't seem to understand why a majority of bettors would go with the Jets here, something tells me there's some big money from some smart people laying it down on the Jets, so that seems like the right side to be on. So now, on to Sunday, and the first up is 2-1 Indy at 3-0 Chicago. I think this is a close matchup between two pretty good teams, and I will take the home underdog and the 2.5 points. 
I like the QB change to Foles. I think it will motivate the team in the short term. But I'm more, I'm more of a believer in Indy long term. And I think Chicago moves on to be the surprise 4-0 team after Sunday. Next is Jacksonville at Cincinnati. I like Jacksonville with the three and a half points here on the road. More time to prepare coming off an embarrassing loss to Miami. Getting DJ Chark back for this one. They may lose the game outright, but they'll keep it close. Next up is Dallas, favored by four and a half points at home versus Cleveland. And Dallas is a team that should be 0-3 if it weren't for a fluky win in Week 2 versus Atlanta. I think Cleveland is a softer opponent than anyone they faced, but I am worried about that line. It almost looks like a trap. Should, should, shouldn't Dallas be favored by 6.5 or 7? It's only 4.5. A dynamic offense like Dallas, maybe the over 55 is the better play here, but I will be taking Dallas to win by five or more. Next is New Orleans, favored by four and a half in Detroit, and I will take the home underdog in this one as well. Until we see it, I will not be picking New Orleans again without Michael Thomas. I think Detroit is one of the more underrated teams and capable enough offense to stay with New Orleans here, and at home, they have a shot to pull off an upset and be the surprising team out of these two, to go 2-2. Two and two. Pittsburgh at Tennessee, and by now, I'm sure you heard the news about Tennessee having three players test positive for COVID and how they're shutting down their facilities until Saturday. Actually, some breaking news came out today that says they'll try and get the game in on Monday or Tuesday, but it is postponed from Sunday. I don't know how you can take Tennessee without the benefit of practicing this week. Give me Pittsburgh minus one and a half. While we're on the subject, Minnesota will also be behind in, in prepping for their game at Houston. So, therefore, initially, after leaning Minnesota, I will be picking Houston minus 3.5 to get their first win of the season and Minnesota falling to 0-4. I would not be shocked if the Vikings are the surprise tanking team going forward and Cousins gets moved in the offseason. One final home underdog I like is Miami getting 6.5 against Seattle. Yes, I know, Russell Wilson is having an MVP-like season, and Seattle is a trendy pick to come out of the NFC and at least get to the Super Bowl, but their defense is banged up, and it is a bad defense to begin with. Seattle probably wins the game, but it's closer than you think. I'm taking Miami. I like Arizona to bounce back this week and beat Carolina by four or more in Carolina. Kyler Murray has a more efficient game this week, and the game could be a blowout. That's an easy one for me. The next game isn't so easy. Tampa Bay being big favorites at home, giving 7.5 points to the LA Chargers. Chris Godwin will be out for this game, and I'm going to try to fade Tom Brady again here. Give me LA on those points. One big favorite I do like is Baltimore at Washington. Coming off the embarrassment of Monday Night Football, Lamar Jackson will come out guns blazing and smoke the Washington football team. Huge favorites on the road, but they do not have to travel far to get there. And, and of course, there's no crowd in the stadium there. Baltimore is covering the three, 13 and a half by halftime and not looking back. Next pick is the Rams. Heavy favorites at home versus the Giants. Initially, I was going to take the Giants here, but I think they'll struggle to get anything going on offense. I think the Rams and the under 48 is the play here. I'll even give you my final score prediction, 28 to 13 Rams. Next is two AFC battles in the late afternoon, Buffalo at Las Vegas and New England at Kansas City. I like Buffalo and Kansas City to each move to 4-0. The Buffalo pick comes down to Josh Allen over Derek Carr for me. Not my most confident pick, but if Buffalo takes Waller out of the way the way New England did, did 
and it comes down to just stopping the run and letting their offense do their thing. I just can't see any team stopping Kansas City right now. Yes, the Chargers took them to overtime two weeks ago, but that was a division opponent on the road, and there was a quarterback switch right before the kickoff that week. Lamar, running QB. Cam, running QB. Kansas City defense is very underrated, and maybe the Pats cover the spread, but I'd be very surprised if Kansas City doesn't extend their winning streak here. Sunday night football is Philly at San Francisco, and I can't pick against my team here. Fourth game in a row against a winless team. San Fran wins the game by a touchdown or more. Really convincing game last week. Yes, it was against the Giants, but they're proving to be a deep team and showing the league it was no fluke that got them to the Super Bowl last season. They had injuries last year too, I would like to point out. I think they are a well-coached team on offense and defense, and I can't say the same for Philadelphia. They've had some injuries there as well, but to only tie the Cincinnati Bengals and fall to 0-2-1? Yeesh. Sad Gambler is looking forward to this primetime game, and you know I'll be playing some DraftKings, thinking of hosting the first ever Sad Gamblers podcast Facebook watch party live for Sunday Night Football. Okay, final game is Atlanta taking on Green Bay on Monday Night Football. Green Bay is favored by 7.5, and and that seems to be a line that is only so big because of how these teams have started their season. Last week, I probably should have changed my Atlanta pick once it came out that Julio Jones would be out. And this week, I'm going to take Atlanta yet again with the points because I think that they are better than the record shows and can keep this a close game. I may swap my pick to Green Bay if Devontae Adams is in and Julio is out, but this seems like another game where the over is the play. So there you have it, episode four in the books. I'm going to be following the MLB postseason today and getting some research in for fantasy football. I hope to bring you another episode before Sunday. Don't forget you can find me on Twitter at Steve Castellano and please join the Facebook group if you haven't already. It's no longer just my close family in there. Please feel free to share any relevant things with the listeners on there. It is a public group. Anybody can join. Thanks for listening to the Sad Gamblers podcast. Goodbye for now.